The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question? This is normally where I say, uh, raise me up a little. This is normally where I say something snarky to Paul, but he's late again. Again. Alrighty. Hey, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention Podcast. My uh, special guest, my special needs guest, Paul Morano, just walking in as the show is starting as nor- as usual. I do notice, though, when they pay him to be here to play music, he's here an hour early, and he sets up, and he's all ready to go the minute uh, they say, okay, you're on. But uh, he doesn't get paid to do this show, so he, just, he saunters in at exactly like four seconds before we're supposed to start. Today, he's a little late. Um, we are high atop Two Guys Smoke Shop here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Your special needs guest, huh? Your special needs guest. And I want to <laughs> remind you of some of the other great podcasts here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, uh, some of my favorites. Uh, what I'll do is I just won't mention the ones that I really that are, that are not my favorites. Uh, some of my favorites, the writer's block. First, three hot checks. I don't care what they're talking about. I'm tuning in. Right? Absolutely. Ed, Ed Sullivan, three, three hot checks. Sit here and talk about writing. Now, you would think that's the most boring thing in the world, but it's not. It's actually pretty good. It doesn't and seem to fit the, the, the title of the show. No? No. I mean, three, three you know, authors would be a little better. Oh. Or, or three hot authors. Or three writers. Oh. Well, I think the writer's block, yeah. it might be a play on words. You know, they do a trip around the block and talk yeah. about, you know... Writer's problem. Yeah, they do gotcha. girl stuff. They have to do around the block. Like it's a, it's a very girly show okay. for sure. I've been on a couple. I've been on at least once, and it's a great show. I do enjoy watching it. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I only really tuned in for are the first like, time. Uh, are you like outnumbered on Fox, where you're the only guy? Yeah, I was the only girl. guy, but it was great. Okay. I love it. Um, and by the way, that just that outnumbered show on Fox yeah. is horrible. But then it, again, it, most it, most of the shows on I Fox. I think it are horrible. used to be good. I haven't seen it in years. It's just horrible. A couple of years. It's just an excuse to have three hot-looking women. With very long legs and short skirts, yeah. sitting on the edge of a couch, so that young men will watch. That's the only reason. That's that's like the whole purpose of the show. It's just, it's not quite as bad as Fox and Friends in the morning, which has got to be the worst show on television ever. Like I'd literally rather watch like the Home Decorating sh- Network than watch Fox and Friends in the morning. It's but just, but that's another awful. excuse to have at least one woman with her legs showing. Oh, you listen. There's yeah. no question that the women on Fox are hot. Yeah, um, very attractive. But but that's really all I got. Like, if that's all you got, there's plenty of hot women on other channels, you know? Not as many. Well, I'm sorry, except CNN. <laughs> there are no hot women on CNN, and I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. There's, like, there's one woman who used to be hot. Like, you can tell she, you watch her, and I'm trying to remember her name. She's blonde, and she's one of the correspondents. And she, you can, Sundlin Safadi. You can tell mm. that, like, 10 years ago, she was probably hot. But mm. she's not really hot anymore I at see. this point. Um, also uh, on the uh, Expiration on date Studio over. 21 Podcast Cafe, uh, Success in the 603. That's actually a pretty good show. Uh, he focuses on local businesses here in, uh, in the 603 area code, which is New Hampshire, if you're listening to us in New Hampshire. Most of our listeners are from Massachusetts and around the country, but we do have a lot of uh, New Hampshire listeners. Political TNT with Tom and Nancy Troy and now myself as one of the co-hosts. Uh, we're actually going to be taping that right after this show. We're going to go live right after wow. this show. Are you an, are you um, a permanent co-host now? I th- Nancy, am I a permanent co-host now? Yeah, I haven't seen my, wow. my I haven't seen my dividend check yet, but I think I am now. You know, I I, th- I, I haven't seen the show, but I, I really you think, haven't seen the well, show. Actually, I have. I've seen like a portion of it. All right, with, uh, but it seems to me, Tom, that you need a fourth guy to be on the other side because you and you and Nancy seem to be don't on the give same don't page. give Tom any ideas. Actually, we do have a no. fourth guy. Yeah. T- Tom always brings in what he thinks is a ringer, which is pretty funny. His name is Bob yeah. Losey, yeah. and he always does it like via Skype. He comes on. But like, listen, and no disrespect to Bob, he seems like a really nice guy, but you could randomly go out to any mall and find any Trump hater and put them on Skype, and they're going to say the exact same stupid stuff. 
They're going to say the same thing. Donald Trump says mean things. He tweets mean things. He's not presidential. He, he, he ate his dinner with a salad fork. It's just awful. It's so gauche. So, you know, I mean, it's fun to have him on, that. but he, yeah. I don't know. You can't eat dinner with a salad be, well, He's actually no going to be on with us right after the show. Yeah. Uh, another great show here on uh, Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, The Snack Authority. And they've got a, a girl who's kind of cute yeah. on there. Yeah. That, that makes it that makes it you know almost worth watching in and of itself. But I, actually, I, the show is so good. I'm yeah. a big snack guy, so I, I, like I am to watch too. It. I'm a snack king. I really yeah. So I need to watch the show. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm still um, from Cheez-Its to Oreo cookies to really? to, to yeah. Every, we, every, we cover you know, them just all. Name it. You just yeah, name it. Yeah, and we were mm. Dave and I were at the 2019 Sweets and Snacks Expo in Chicago. Yep. Is that right? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, this big, is a big, big business. show. Yeah. Big business. Also, the Cigar Authority, which is pretty fun. Um, I actually watch that because I like to watch Mr. Jonathan. I actually, I'm, I kind of have a man crush on Mr. Jonathan. <laughs> I know I do. Like what, any podcast he's on, I'm so fascinated by anything he has to say. Yeah. Because just when you think you know what Mr. Jonathan's going to say, he goes in a different direction, and it actually makes more sense than what you thought he was going to say. So I, yeah. I watch the Cigar Authority. Very unpredictable. I don't smoke cigars, yeah. but I watch the Cigar Authority and I learn about cigars. But really, I only tune in to watch Mr. Jonathan because, like I said, and I, I would never say it to his face because it would yeah. make his head big. But uh, but I kind of have a man crush it's, it's on him. It's big enough. It's, yeah. it's, it's really kind of sad on my end. But it, yeah. it's true. I'm just saying what's real. Well, I enjoy looking at his head. His head? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a piece of art. Look at it. It's, he's standing way down here. Oh, he's right yeah, here. Oh, all right. Let's well, yeah, not yeah. talk about him now. We know right. that he's here. I didn't know he, a heads up would have been nice, Paul. Yes. Um, so we got a bunch of things that I want to talk about today. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a few things that I want to kind of clean up a little bit from um, some of the lies that have been told on CNN and some of the mainstream news media before we get into any big topics. Um, I was watching an interview, Paul, with um, Donald Trump. He, by the way, is the president of the United States, still president. Uh, no collusion, no obstruction, <laughs> and still your president. And still there. Still making decisions for the country. And by the way, we still have a country. We still have a constitution. And, and, and the world hasn't exploded. He hasn't caused a nuclear war. Uh, the economy hasn't collapsed like they all predicted. Uh, none of the horrible doomsday things that they said if Donald Trump got elected would happen have happened. And so I'm watching this, this uh, interview with him in yeah. London. The, I think it was the first day he got there. Okay. And the British interviewer baited him by saying, he say, they asked him something about uh, one, the princess that used to be on that show, Suits. What's her name? Meghan Markle? Yes. All right. So uh, she's kind of hot, right? She's yeah. kind of good looking. She's very sexy looking. Um, she, she's, she's been in Hallmark movies. I don't I know if you know that. I, I did not know that. Yeah. I don't watch Hallmark. But I yeah. love the show Suits, by the way. Okay. And it, it has lost a lot since she and the, her boyfriend have left the show. Uh, but she's now the the princess, the duchess, whatever it is. I'm not really into into royalty. But he said something about the duchess to, or the princess to, the president. And the president said nice things about her. And then he said... I didn't know she was nasty, right? Well, well I'm, I'm getting oh, there. Sorry, but I know, you, I know you love to jump the gun. I know no, you, you, no, no. You, you always like to look at the end of the book to see who did the butler did it before you get to the first paragraph. Um, so he said... So Trump said something nice about her. And the British interviewer says... Well, did you know she said mean things about you? I'm paraphrasing. Uh, that she said that she was going to move to Canada if you became president during the election. And he said, "She's no, I didn't know that. I didn't know that she was nasty." Now he wasn't calling her. This is this is the psychological manipulation the media uses. He wasn't saying she's nasty. She's a nasty person. He was saying, "Had he he always speaks in shorthand and never actually." F Here's the thing: the media is used to politicians who parse every word. And so that way they can analyze it and get deep down, and then they can tell you what they really meant. And Trump speaks in like a shorthand. So he never finished the sentence. What he should have said was, I didn't know she'd been nasty to me. That's what he, because that's what he meant. That's what he, was, that's what he was saying. If you actually watch the interview, that's what he was saying. Well, let me tell you something. Erupts all over, all over Europe, all over England, all over the, the American liberals, what used to be a news media, that Donald Trump called the princess nasty. Can you believe? I mean, he's over there as a guest and he's calling the princess nasty. <laughs> is that presidential, Don Lemon? Is that appropriate? <laughs> it's not appropriate. He's the president, he's the of, the president of the United States. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sitting there going, listen, Donald Trump has said some really friggin' uh, horrible things. I mean, Donald Trump actually uh, like I denigrated like every POW that ever served our country 
so you don't have to make things up that are now. You don't have to make up things to rail against Donald Trump on, and yet they can't help themselves. Like they just can't help themselves. They have to take something. It's just like when Donald Trump said uh, during the Charlottesville thing that there were fine people on both sides. And then yep. followed it up with, I'm not talking about the white supremacists. There were other people marching who were, who were there protesting a statue. So there were good people on both sides. Well, CNN truncates the quote, yep. takes off the last part. So nobody Sorry. knows what, they, what he actually was meaning. And to this day, every single time that topic comes up, they say, well, this is a president who said neo-Nazis were fine people. No, you morons. He didn't. But see, they're not morons. They know exactly what they're doing. They're purposely trying to misinform not the people of America, but the minorities of America. They don't want, they know, the liberals in the media know that if Donald Trump gets like an extra 10% of Latino votes and an extra 10% of black votes, it's over. It's over for them. Yeah. That if Republicans start getting, just shave off like an extra 10% of the black and Latino vote, vote Republican, the Democrat Party is done. And they know it. So it's this constant narrative to try and make minorities believe he hates you. He hates you. He wants to exterminate you. If you're a Jew, he wants to put you in an oven. If you're black, he wants to put you in chains. If you're gay, he wants to chop off your penis. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what minority. Think of all the minority groups that the Democrats pander to and do nothing for. Mm. And in, in order to hide the fact that they're pandering and doing nothing for them, they have to come out and they have to demonize the president on every single thing that he says. And again, there are plenty of things that Donald Trump has said that are really horrible. And yet they have they, – so they don't have to lie, and yet they can't help themselves. They've got to continue to lie because it's just – it's too easy. It's just too easy for them. And if anybody tries to call them out, they get banned on Facebook. They get banned on YouTube. They get banned on Twitter. And God forbid they're on Fox News. Well, that's an evil right-wing Trump network. They're, they're all lies. Everything that they say is lies. They're lying liars who lie. That's the end of that. Paul, any thoughts? Just something you said reminded me of what Joe Biden said four years ago when he was running against, uh, against uh, who ran? Against uh, Trump. Remember that? He'll put you all in chains. He's going to put you all in chains. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah, and then he does the, the fake Southern drawl. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did it with the like Southern somehow, drawl, somehow he's, he's Put you all in chains. He, somehow he's relating to blacks in Alabama by saying y'all, right? <laughs> like, like, a, like, a, like a black family in Alabama is watching TV. They're flipping through and they see him uh, say y'all. They go, you know what? I'm going to vote for him now. He sounds just like us. I love how you do Don Lemon. Yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's just... I, yeah. It's, it's got to be my favorite show on television. <laughs> I can't wait for Don Lemon to come on every day. There's two shows uh, that I can't wait for every night. Tucker Carlson, because he's the, he's the most brilliant man on TV, yeah. and he's the only guy that can cut through all of the bullshit and just get right down to the question. When he has a, when he has a guest on, he asks a question. They dance around the world and give all the talking points that yeah. don't answer his question. That's right. And then he looks at them and says, but you're not answering my question. Mm. And, and at some point, he'll even say if he tries three or four times, so I guess you're not going to answer my question because you know I'm right, right? And then now they have nowhere to go with it, and, it, and it's brilliant television. He's got to be the most brilliant guy on TV. But John Lemon's got to be a very close second for the exact opposite reason. This guy lies about, like, what day it is. This guy lies about everything, and everything is at Freak Factor 10. Right, so Donald uh, Trump supposedly called the Duchess nasty, and it yes. was Freak Factor Ten. Like he just nuked, uh, he just nuked London. Right? Now, is he the president of the United States? Uh, he's the president of the <laughs> United States. Oh my God! And you watch this guy, and he's just so over the top about every little thing. And you know what I say? Uh, if everything is Freak Factor Ten, nothing is Freak Factor Ten. That's true. What ends up happening is, what ends up happening is people who the only people who are watching him are people like me who are laughing at him. Hmm. and people who are looking for talking points to say to their friends who like Donald Trump. People who are looking for something to repeat. Rather they've, they don't want to do the research and actually you know, go online, go to a library, read a newspaper once in a while. They, they tune in Don Lemon for talking points, so they know, they know what it is that they're supposed to say. And, uh, and I love Don Lemon. I love watching his show. I think I'm one of five people left watching. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I catch the end of, uh, of the, bro the governor's brother, Como, Cuomo, yes. Who is, yes, I mean, yes. that guy's so sanctimonious. It's, it's uh, almost worth watching his whole show, but I can't. <laughs> I can't watch it. But he's so sanctimonious. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's possible to watch a whole show with him. Uh, no, nah, but Don Lemon, I, I, can't keep, I can't take my eyes off it. <laughs> I was watching Don Lemon um, when the Columbia gas explosions happened. Yeah. And I lost power. 
And I was more pissed off that I was missing Don Lemon than I was about the Columbia <laughs> gas explosions. I was more pissed off about it. I'm like, oh, Jesus, are you kidding me? And then I'm getting the phone calls that you're, gonna have, you're not going to have any power for three days. I'm like, I'm going to miss three more days of Don Lemon. Oh, like Tucker funny. Carlson, I'll always catch that later. Yeah, I don't care. Addicted. But I, I got to watch Don Lemon. Got to watch him. Because everything's about race. Everything is yeah. racism. He's, a, he's the biggest racist on TV. Mm. He hates white people. He hates straight people. He hates America. Mm. And he projects that onto everyone that he hates. So every show is about how Trump hates America, how Trump is racist, how the Republicans are racist, and then he'll show a, a, a video of uh, like uh, uh, Senator Graham during the Bill Clinton impeachment, <laughs> saying, uh, yes. you know, he should be impeached for not turning over documents. Well, but now that it's a white man. Wait, 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 I'm like, wait a minute. Bill Clinton was a white guy. What are you talking about? Like, what is he talking about? He was, he was the first black player. But he has to try and find a way. But the one thing that they don't do is they don't show what the Democrats were saying back then. Mm. Right? Because when Bill Clinton was getting impeached, the Democrats also had the opposite view. I think I remember that it mm. was uh, Jerry Nadler who said that even if Bill Clinton had obstructed justice, it's not an impeachable offense. Mm-hmm. This is the same Jerry Nadler who was on CNN this morning. Mm-hmm. Saying Donald Trump needs to be impeached for not turning over things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, well, wait a minute. So listen, what does this teach us all, Paul? This is, well, I, one thing it teaches us is that it's good not to be a member of a political party. Absolutely, that's absolutely. One thing it teaches us God, you, you know what? Be... God bless you. Because that wasn't where <laughs> I was going, but that's actually better than where I was going. No, seriously, it's difficult to remain objective, and you know, I want to be objective about what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the topics, the issues, and what is being said and what is being done. I don't want to have to sit there and defend somebody if I don't agree with it. Right. So now I've got a big topic. We can always come back to any of these mm-hmm. if you have any, any future thoughts on them. Um, I'm watching Paul, and I don't know, mm-hmm. I, you, you, you've been paying attention to the Democrat candidates. Somewhat, yeah, somewhat. Okay, so I'm pulling a Democrat. I've, I've, been, I've, I've been off uh, the grid because I was on vacation for a while. Where'd but you go? Virginia Beach. You went to, you went on vacation, you went to Virginia Beach? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, your family down there? Yeah. Okay, well, that, that's a reason to go to Virginia. Get, get family in Virginia, yeah. All right. Um, I've been watching the Democrat candidates because okay. I'm pulling a Democrat ballot. Okay. I am not a Republican, despite all of the hate mail that I get, that I'll start with, yeah. you Republicans are, and then three paragraphs of what all Republicans are. And then I just write back, sorry, you must be emailing the wrong guy. I'm not a Republican. That's probably one reason why you stopped being a Republican. Right, yeah. Yeah. It actually is. Yeah. Well, the real reason I stopped was Diana DiZaglio. I needed to vote for Diana DiZaglio for state representative six years ago. She ran in a primary. What is that? I don't know. It's very loud. I'm hearing music in my headphones. Um, not from the board. No, nope. so. um, not from here. So I, I swapped because I, I needed to vote for Diana DiZaglio in the primary. She needed yeah. the vote. And even though she's a Democrat, she's a moderate Democrat, and we need her locally because she, she works really hard. And by the way, I'm glad I did. Uh, but the other reason was what you just said. I was mm. just so tired of people saying, oh, well, all you, labeling and stereotyping, all oh, you Republicans. Blah, blah, blah. So I said, you know what? I'm just not going to be a Republican anymore and just throw them off their game. So now I'm an independent, and I always pull a Democrat ballot in the primary. And so I'm watching. In order to what? Well, What's your strategy? Well, first I want to vote for Diana. Okay. Right? Yeah. Diana needs there. my vote. Yeah. And there's a couple of other Democrats that I support, like Suzanne Bump, who also needs my vote. She's the state auditor in Massachusetts. Uh, Deb Goldberg, who's the state treasurer in Massachusetts. I support her, too. Uh, so I, I need to make sure that they get the vote in the primary and they don't get knocked out in the primary. Um, I'm watching the Democrat candidates. And obviously, I have to vote for one of them. I mean, I don't have to. I guess I could leave it blank. There's 24 candidates. You could leave it blank. But I really want to vote for one of them. And I found a candidate that I think I like. And I don't agree with her on 90% of what she says. But A, she's really hot, which automatically gets you 40 points in my book, right? And no, it's not Elizabeth Warren. There's nothing hot about her. Um, she's, She's really good looking. She's also very respectful. She doesn't call Donald Trump a Nazi. She doesn't say Donald Trump's a racist. She doesn't use the disrespectful language. She doesn't disrespect the man, and she doesn't disrespect the office. She attacks his positions. And although I agree with his positions, because in the final I'm voting for Donald Trump, I want a Democrat who's actually going to get into the race and be respectful. I want a Democrat that's going to get into the race and argue about the issues and talk about what the issues are not talk about the man. Not spend all day saying he's a racist, he's a sexist, he's a homophobe, he kicks puppies, he hates Jews. I don't. I mean, we. You could randomly go to any mall and you could find that out of every single Donald Trump hater that you can find. All of the other candidates 
with the exception of Tulsi Gabbard. I knew it was the G, the G girl. I was trying to Tulsi remember Tulsi Gabbard, name. For, she's a senator from Hawaii. She's been on uh, Tucker Carlson twice. And by the way, this is the reason why Democrats should be going on Fox News. Because I'm an independent, I'm a conservative, but I am pulling a Democrat ballot. And I'm not voting for the Democrat who's the most conservative. None of them are conservative. None of them. Every single one of them are left-wing socialists. Everyone down to, down to the last one. But even though I don't like where Tulsi Gabbard stands, I believe she believes what she's saying. For example, I was watching Amy Klobuchar, who shouldn't even be in this country, much less a, a senator or a congressman. She's the dumbest person on the face of the earth. Like, I wouldn't want her serving me slush. I also watched uh, – who's, the, who's the, the blonde chick that's running? Um, well, Gabbard. Uh, no, the blonde. No, she's not blonde. Oh, who's the who's the blonde yeah. one that's running for for president? Uh, and she, and she yelled for the entire town hall. She was on the town town hall. Both Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg and the blonde woman were all asked during town halls what they thought about abortion. And this is why I wanted I wanted your input on this because this is I know this is your big issue. So here's my issue, Paul, and and I'm going to give you as much time as you want. All three of these candidates, as well as all the other candidates, with the exception of Tulsi Gabbard so far, have said two things that are completely contradicting. Here's what they said, and nobody has called them out on it, not even Tucker Carlson, nobody on CNN, nobody on any channel. In the one breath, in the first breath, they say, Roe versus Wade must be protected. I believe in Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade, if I get elected, I'm going to put pro-Roe v. Wade judges on the, on, on the bench. Roe v. Wade, they, they basically worship Roe v. Wade. That Roe v. Wade, it's, it's carved in stone. And then in the next breath, say that they're for abortion on demand up to birth. Now, have any of these clowns read Roe v. Wade? Roe v. Wade is the Supreme Court decision that legalized constitutionally the, quote, right to abortion, even though it's nowhere in the Constitution. Let's put that aside for a minute. Roe v. Wade is the settled law of the land at the moment. But Roe versus Wade does not allow partial birth abortion. Roe versus Wade allows for a constitutional right to an abortion in the first trimester or until viability. And the, and the term viability was the, was, was the big sticking point back in the 70s when it was decided because as science advances, we find out well, that we can keep them, we can, if a baby is born, a preemie is born, Earlier and earlier, we can keep them viable. We can keep them alive. And some preemies have been born into living perfectly healthy lives now because True. of our technology. So, However. So in the first trimester with viability, and yet in the one breath they say we worship Roe v. Wade, it's a settled law of the land. In the next breath, they dismantle Roe v. Wade. So as a Democrat voter who tries to think like a liberal while I'm watching all this stuff, I'm thinking, wait a minute. If I'm for abortion, and I believe in Roe v. Wade, and I've actually read Roe v. Wade, how can they say in one breath, Paul that they believe in Roe v. Wade, but in the next breath, dismantle the foundation of Roe v. Wade, which only makes it viable, only makes it legal up until viability the third. Well, I think maybe what they're saying is they believe in Roe versus Wade as a minimum, and they don't want it uh, rolled back, because in their minds, progression means to progress further and further into killing children. Right. But... How many, want, I, how many times on this show have I said Democrats are for abortion on demand up to third grade, <laughs> and everybody yes. laughs? It's not funny yeah. anymore. Now they really are. Uh, just... Um, my understand a little um, uh, thing about what you said. My understanding of Roe versus Wade is that if a, uh, I think it's it's um, placed within the law that even in the third trimester, if a woman has a physical or psychological reason, um, then uh, if they can convince a doctor, then they can have an abortion all the way up until birth. So that's that's even in Roe versus Wade. Now, what does a psychological reason mean? Uh, it's been used for. Yeah, she's anything. having a bad yeah, day. Yeah, it basically has been used for anything. Yeah, so basically they're saying that uh, you can't roll back Roe versus Wade because it's the constitutional rights of women to kill their preborn children uh, at will, and um, you know they don't want to go backwards, quote unquote, when it comes to that. Now the question, of course, is is it uh, backwards according to what? I mean. Civilized human beings do not kill their children. Right. We have not uh, been civilized in the really, past I was, 46 years. I was just going to say there's nothing civilized about anything the Democrats say they stand for. Whether or not they really well, stand for it, I don't, think, I don't think they really believe. I like Tulsi Gabbard because I believe she believes what she's really saying. You look at someone like Elizabeth Warren, you know, 
excuse me, she doesn't believe anything she's saying. <laughs> she doesn't. She believe, wants the votes. She doesn't believe anything she's saying. She says that she cares about the poor and the downtrodden. She announces her campaign for president in Lawrence, Massachusetts, a city that is the poorest community in New England, with the poorest population in New England, and yet in the six years she's been our senator and represented Lawrence, Mass., she's never once, neither her nor anyone in her office, has picked up the phone and called the Daybreak Homeless Shelter, one of only two wet shelters in the state, and said, what can we do to help? She's never once gone down and toured Daybreak and said, what can I do to help? She's never once gone down to House of Mercy, which is like a daycare center for homeless people to keep them off the streets. They feed them, let, they do, let them do their laundry. They let them uh, take a shower. Um, they, there's a little reading room. Uh, they give them clothes. It's some place for all homeless people to like, not be getting in trouble all day. You know what? Never once has she gone to either of these two in Lawrence, Massachusetts, and yet she has the nerve to come to Lawrence and announce herself for president pretending she cares about the poor. Tulsi Gabbard, I think, really does believe what she says. I was just going to say, what all of the stuff that you said, that litany, I think that would be a great television commercial. Yeah, well, it's go- it, may, it may be. I mean, and, I'm and- in talks with one of the presidential candidates, not Tulsi Gabbard, but another presidential candidate who is going to take all of his votes away from Elizabeth Warren. And I've, been in con- I've contacted quietly his office um, well, she's not going to win for president. So when no. she when she runs again for the Senate, right. you should maybe work in the PR department of the one who runs, who well, runs against well, her. Well, I want it to come out now during the presidential race, right? Just like, okay. I mean, it took 10 years of Liawatha. It took 10 years of... <laughs> Ten years of, of, of her lies about being a, about being an American Indian to finally actually pierce into you know where it's actually affecting her, mm. and I think we need to start now with the fact. So I, I called a, a local congressman who's running for uh, president, and I spoke with his PR guy, and I was Seth very, Moulton? I, I, I you don't want to say okay, go ahead. It was it was Seth Moulton's guy, and so I, I called Seth Moulton's guy and I said, look. I'm a right-wing conservative. I'm a Tea Party guy. We agree on nothing, except for one thing. Elizabeth Warren's a phony. So let me give you some ammunition against Elizabeth Warren. And coming from a right-wing guy, if you guys use it, I'll publicize it. Because it's true, every word of it. And we talked about Daybreak. We talked about uh, House of Mercy. We talked about Corunum. We talked about uh, Bread and Roses and how Elizabeth Warren has done absolutely nothing for the homeless in Lawrence. And she's been a representative for six years. By the way, I also have a story in this month's Valley Patriot, another story in this month's Valley Patriot in, uh, in my notebook, saying that if Elizabeth Warren steps up to the plate tomorrow, calls Daybreak, and does something to help them with their plight, helps them get funding for a new facility, helps them get funding so that they can help addicted homeless people get off the street and into transitional housing and get clean, I'll put her on the front page of my paper, and I'll be the first one, and I won't mention that we had to coerce her into doing it. Right? And, and that it's a uh, political year. And it's, right? Yeah. I will be happy to put her on the front page of the paper, even though I'm a right-wing guy, and give her all the credit for doing it, because all I want is for Daybreak to get help. So if she's willing to do it, but no, this is the fifth time I've written this in my newspaper. It's the fourth or fifth time we've talked about it on this show. I know we've talked about it on Political TNT. I've posted it a million times on Facebook. She just doesn't fucking care. And I've really just come to the conclusion that you can love Elizabeth Warren because she gives fancy speeches and she talks about things that are abstract, income inequality and global warming and racism and all these things that are abstract. But the reality on the ground in a predominantly minority community like Lawrence, the majority, 80% of the people in Lawrence are Latino. It's the poorest community in New England and the poorest population in that community, the homeless addicts, are getting ignored by Elizabeth Warren. And if she really cared, she would have done something. Now, those in the Democrat Party who are friends of mine, like Linda Campbell and Tom Troy and some of my other Democrat friends, Bob Losey on the last show said, but Tom, did they call her? Did they call her and ask for her? Did they, did they let her know what their issue is? Excuse me. She's the senator. I care about veterans. I don't wait for some veteran to call me and say he needs help. I go out into the community and I try to find veterans to help. If that's your priority, if you're going to campaign in the backs of the poor, get off your ass, get out in the community, and go out and find people who need the help. Hmm. And it's not hard to find. Is the other senator doing it? Uh, The other senator, Marky. No, no, he's not. Hasn't done a a damn thing. Hasn't done a damn thing. So um, one of my Democrat friends says, but Tom. But Tom. But Tom. But Tom. Um, Daybreak is a wet shelter. 
which means that if you're drunk or you're high, uh, 99% of the shelters in America won't allow you to come in and sleep if you're drunk or you're high. You have to be, you have to be straight when you get there. Daybreak is a wet shelter. You can be drunk, you can be high, and if it's two degrees below zero outside, they're not going to make you freeze. They're going to let you come in. And so one of my Democrat friends says, but Tom, Daybreak is a, is a, a wet shelter, and I think that because they're a wet shelter, they don't qualify for federal funds. You can't blame Elizabeth Warren for that. Sure I can. She's the fucking senator. Tell her to get up there and make an amendment to allow wet shelters to get federal funding so we can get these people off the streets. Because when they're on the streets, you know what they're doing? They're breaking into your basement so they can find a, a, a warm place to sleep. They're breaking into your homes to get money for their drugs. They're, they're, they're stealing your cars to get money for drugs. At least when they're in daybreak, they're not causing trouble. When they're at House of Mercy, when they're at Corunum, they're not causing trouble. And then he said, Baton. but But Baton. <laughs> so, so listen, I like yeah. Tulsi Gabbard because yeah. I've been follow, I followed her on Facebook. Almost everything she does is about helping veterans. She's a veteran. She's an Iraqi war veteran. And again, she thinks global warming is the most eg- existential. Whenever someone says existential, you know they're full of shit. The most existential, <laughs> the most existential threat to America. And, it's that and, one word. I right? have to remember and, that. And, and she believes in single-payer health, and she believes in a lot of the stuff that the Democrats are trying to shove down our throat. But she wants to talk about the issues. She doesn't come out and say, I believe in global warming, and if you don't, you're a science denier. Mm. What she says is, well, tell me why you don't. And then mm. she wants to have a conversation about it. That's the kind of Democrat I want in office, even if I disagree with everything she stands for. Because at least there's a debate on the issue. At least there's a way that we can use our free speech to come to a middle ground somewhere. Mm. A lot That's of, very rare. A lot of, well, this is what I'm saying. Very progressive. This is what I'm saying. So I was looking at Seth Moulton. Very rare. I was looking at him to vote for because I know most of his votes are going to take away from Elizabeth Warren, at least in Massachusetts, and I love that. Uh, but then he went on uh, a town hall this week, and he he started playing the race card. And I just I I can't support anybody that plays the race card. I'm I'm sorry. You're a you're a white guy of privilege, and for you to get up there and start crying about racism and saying that how some lady in Georgia would have lost if if quote America wasn't racist, you know what? God God bless you if you really believe that. But you're yeah. a, you're a, he, you're, he did say that, you're yeah. delusional if you if you really do believe it. And I don't know that I could vote for you. Tulsi Gabbard, on the other hand, at least so far that I've seen. Hasn't done that. So I think every rep- every Republican should unregister as a Republican, become an independent, and start voting in Democrat primaries. And I think that's the only way we can turn that party around. It does seem that the white uh, the white male Democrat uh, is going on an apology tour. Yes, and trying, they all trying are. to win president. Beto O'Rourke it's like, is, I'm so sorry that I'm a white guy. I'm so sorry I'm uh, white. Got, I'm so sorry. Imagine if we made black people apologize for being <laughs> black because of all the crime in America. Can you, can you imagine if we did that? We said, uh, look, most of the violent crime in America is caused by black mm. men. You all need to start apologizing for that. Mm. Aren't, you, aren't you sorry about all the black violent crime in America, Mr. Cory Booker? I think that would be called racism. Mm-hmm. And by the way, so is it on the other end. Mm-hmm. And for some reason... We have three generations behind us, Paul, that somehow believe that you can't be racist if you're white. Uh, you can't be racist against white people. Mm. That only white people can be racist, and you can't be racist against them. And let me tell you the dangers of that, ladies and gentlemen, because you had that same cultural dynamic in, the, in Germany in the early 1900s, where the Jews represented the, quote, 1%. They owned the banks. They owned the jewelry stores. It was... It was okay to mock them in public. It was okay to say racist things about them. Because they're in power. Because they, because they had power. They had money. And look how that turned out. When you dehumanize, the one thing I agree with the Democrats on, although I disagree with their conclusions, when you dehumanize an entire group of people, when you degrade an entire group of people, and when your institutions are in on that de- degradation. Yeah, the, the unborn. That, that, That's exactly what that, they're doing. That only leads to another Holocaust. And it's, it is coming. That's it is coming, and I've said it on CAP, what, 10 years ago, and, and you went, wait, what? There's another Holocaust coming, and it's right around the corner. And The White Holocaust. I, and it very well may be, although I have a feeling well, that just, it's not going to work out the way the left thinks it's going to work out. Give me I, that, give me that uh, in a second. But it's interesting how um, the Holocaust that's happening right now, even though half the country isn't recognizing mm-hmm. it, the Holocaust and the unborn, slowly they're chipping away at who can be, or at least the ideas are out there, as, as to who can be uh, killed before birth and who can't be. Right. And, you know, the Down syndrome movement. You know, you, you, you can't kill Down syndrome children because they're, they're handicapped or they're disadvantaged. Uh, and, and now the, the sex selection movement. All, there's, there's a whole lot of chatter about 
um, making laws preventing, you know, killing female children. I mean, they handicap the female, uh, pretty soon minorities, because black people are, um, are targeted by Planned Parenthood and so forth. Pretty soon you're going to have laws in the, in the country that's, in effect, will only, say all you can kill white men. are white male right. babies. Yeah, that's where we're headed. That, that seems to be slowly where that's going. That's where we're headed. And so what you're saying, it's sort of an extension of that. I agree. Here's the other funny thing, and then we have to take a break. I, 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 was, I was waiting on a cue from, uh, from Ed Sullivan. I, I was waiting on a cue for you. All right, okay. Fair enough. Um, I, will, I will end with this because I love the lies in the rhetoric that you hear that people just automatically accept. Um, at least two of the presidential candidates, they were both females, said during their town halls that uh, if you ban abortion, it's not going to end abortion. It's not going to. It's not going to stop abortions. What have you ended by banning it? There's so, not. There's still murder. There's still rape. There's still thievery. There's everything that has laws. Of course, you're not going to fully end it. Right. But you curb it. So they're they're trying to argue for the pro-life people that if you if you if you make abortion illegal, you're not going to end abortions. Which is funny because then the next day there's a shooting. A mass mm. shooting in Virginia, and they say, we're going to ban all the guns, because yeah. if we ban guns, then, of course, we're going to have no more mass shootings. Right. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I, you guys are the same people who a day ago, like yesterday, <coughs> just yesterday, you were telling me on CNN that banning abortions is not going to stop abortions because people will get them illegally. Now, less than 24 hours later, you're telling me that if we ban guns, criminals are just gonna, all, all going to go, oh, you know what? You're right. We're going to turn our guns in. We're going to end all mass shootings. We're going to end up all, all gun violence is going to be gone. We're just going to turn them all in. I don't know. Contradiction. Contradiction. Got to head to a break. Uh, we got the, we got the, uh, uh, what do you, what do you call the, uh, the ratings? We got our, our show ratings yesterday, Paul. Oh, yeah? We only had what one, sh- we only had one show last month. We had like, we quadrupled our audience somehow. Really? Yeah. We had over 20,000 people download and listen to the show. Who is your guest? And uh, you were. I know. Just kidding. Bastard. We'll be back after this. Take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Elizabeth Warren exploiting the deaths of dead children. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more about the homeless. And, you know, Donald Trump avoided the draft by saying that he had bone spurs to avoid Vietnam, which is a pretty horrible thing to do. And we only know that because CNN's been talking about it for the last 48 hours straight. We'll chat about that when we come back. A&M Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three- South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Light Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. 
I'm trying to do a watch party on Facebook for the show because I guess we had some streaming issues and it won't let me. I'm shocked. Is it a conspiracy, Tom? Well, listen, I, I don't think I, it probably is. I mean, you should see some of the crap that they've taken off my Facebook page just in the in the last month or so. I posted a story from NBC about a global warming scientist who was just convicted of fraud, and they took it off my page and said this does not meet with our community standards. Really? And it was a story. It wasn't a story from the Tea Party. It wasn't a story from some right wing Fox News evil co host. It was NB friggin' C. Wow. NBC News published this story. I shared it out. They took it off my page. But did you huh. comment on it on the top? No, there was no comment at all. Oh, gosh. There was no comment at all. I, That's just shared, I just shared the story. They took it down because the people who run Facebook, and Zuckerberg said it himself when he testified before Congress, he said, we here at Facebook have a totally different uh, uh, worldview than most people in, in America, and, and we understand that. And he's right about that. He has a worldview, and the people at Facebook have a worldview that we shouldn't have the freedom to disagree with anybody at Facebook. Basically, you're saying anybody in Silicon Valley, I think, that whole area. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Facebook is helping China to use Facebook to tyrannize their entire population and to censor, and they're trying to bring that here. And yet they have the nerve to call what they disagree with hate. And it's it's, – the president is now investigating – they, he's put together a panel to investigate. Investigating Facebook? Uh, investigating Facebook. And um, they had a web page up. It was up for 10 days. That if you wanted to submit something that had been taken down off your page as an example of their tyranny over their users. Oh. And I happened to catch it on the very last day, which, which, which is the day that I was banned. I'm on a 30-day ban right now. I've got 18 more days. So I took the screen captures. By the way, some of them are in this print edition of the Valley Patriot. And uh, you should you should take a look at those because they're it's it's it's. I wish I knew about it's this. Pretty disgusting. I've got a couple. So that I, I could send I, them. So I did a screenshot of the NBC story with no commentary at all that just said that a global warming scientist was convicted in federal court of fraud, and that they took it down. And the big thing at the bottom says this goes against Facebook community standards. And I submitted it to the Trump administration on their page on the last day that they had that they had it up. And now they're taking all the material that they've amassed from Facebook users that have sent in. And they're going to use it to have the Justice Department investigate Facebook, as they should. Very cool. So um, that's uh, coming back from the break story anyway. And then maybe they can start on YouTube next. YouTube has got, gotten even worse. They took down Crowder, who is, yes. who's, who's great. I love that guy. There's not one thing that guy has said on any video I've ever seen that is racist. It has been racial. There have been discussions about race, but there's been nothing racist that I can see against any group. And I, I think we have got to a point where we, you can't discuss race. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Well, look at the Prager videos. Right. They're taking YouTube to court. Well, be, because the snowflakes, all the, the generations, like if you're 35 and under, you don't know the difference between sexist and sexual. For example, I made a comment uh, in, a, in a group of uh, people that were very diverse one day about how hot I thought a certain woman was. And one of the women turned around and said to me, that's sexist. And I said, no, that's sexual. There's a difference between sexual. Sexist would be she's really hot, so she should be in the kitchen cooking me dinner. That would be sexist. But just saying that she's hot is sexual, there's a difference. And the same thing with race. You can have a racial discussion, and it's not racist necessarily. But you can, but so if you, if you want to have a discussion about black violence in America, that's not racist. If you say blacks commit violence because they're black, that's racist. Yeah, I mean, but the, but the, but the people don't understand anybody under thirty five. They've all been brainwashed and indoctrinated by a public it, school, and it's a to shame not know the difference because we can know we cannot grow in our wisdom as to the distinctions between the sexes, right. the races, the cultures, the ethnicities. Um, everyone's so afraid that if you make distinctions, then you're saying that one is unequal than you know one is more equal than the other or yeah. something. Yeah. Why can't you just talk about these things? People need to. There's a problem with. There's a problem with insecurity in this world today. Well, the real problem is that most people opine about things and have no friggin' clue what they're talking about. Well, like, they've never actually thought through what it is that they're saying, and so they just they blurt out what they heard on CNN or what they heard people at work say because it made sense to them, but they've never actually given it any deep thought. Like, I do this for a living, so I, I think about this stuff 24-7. I'm in my office. I got CNN on all day. I... And I love when liberals say, oh, you like, you like Trump? You must watch Fox. Actually, no, I hate Fox. I watch CNN. I hate CNN too, but I watch CNN 
because I need to see what the propaganda is that they're putting out into into America, so I can understand why we're so fucked up. You don't you don't like uh, MSNBC propaganda? I you think, know what? I think that's pretty entertaining. It, well, it it can be. Yeah. Um, if there's nothing on CNN, I'll flip yeah. over once in a while. But the the problem with CNN with MSNBC is it's hard to get mad at them because they don't pretend to be news. Like they admit that they're there for propaganda, that they're there to help the Democrats, that that they have a, a worldview, and that everyone on the network is on one page. They admit that. CNN calls themselves a news channel. So you want to get angry. CNN, the most trusted <laughs> name in news. So, so you, Do you know why they run that every five minutes? To convince themselves that they're still a news station. But they're not. But if you want, if your main goal is to see what the propaganda is today and to understand it better, right. then, it, it, then maybe MSNBC might be better for but you. But they're not legitimate. I want to watch how CNN legitimizes ideas that are completely illegitimate. How do you take a completely illegitimate position and make it legitimate? And make it sound right. Like we said, like when Donald Trump said there were fine people on both sides in Charlottesville. And then they then turned that into mm. how he was saying that white supremacists. So now when so they you're repeat looking, it. you're looking at uh, media manipulation. Right, that's, that's what's right, your interest. Because, and CNN's the best at it. Your, yeah. They're the absolute that's best at it. They are the best at taking a blue car and making you think it's green. And sometimes I even like during the commercial, I go, you know what? That actually kind of made sense. I start Googling things. And I'm like, oh, no, nah, they're full of shit. But but even sometimes, and I'm good at this, like, I, this is my job, and sometimes they suck me in, and I go, yeah, that was terrible. That's awful. So I'm watching CNN um, to segue into the next topic, Paul. How much time we got? Okay. Good. Uh, I'm, watching CN- I'm watching CNN, and uh, because of the D-Day stuff that's coming up, yeah. CNN has decided to resurrect the fact that Donald Trump did not serve in Vietnam <laughs> because he had bone spurs. Bone spurs. Supposedly he had bone spurs. They're calling him a liar. Maybe maybe he did have bone spurs. But this is one of those cases where they're right and they're wrong. They're right in the fact that Donald Trump damn well should have served in Vietnam. And whether they're bone spurs or not, get off your ass. There are people dying out there. Your country needs you. Go serve. Donald Trump should have served. Bone spurs or not, well, he, sh- he should have served. Understand that they weren't accepting everybody. I mean, if you had flat feet, they weren't accepting you. So I don't, I don't know if it's Trump's fault yet. Maybe it is, but listen, I don't know yet. Listen, during Vietnam and World War II, there were people that were using their brother's IDs to go. No, I know. the country needed they, them. There were a lot of people. Donald were... Trump should have gone. Listen, he's my president, and I agree with him on most of where he stands. But he still should have gone. They're right about that. We shouldn't be willing to say everything CNN says is wrong because of the, the conclusion they want you to draw. Here's the problem that I have with CNN. That's where they're right. Where they're wrong is they're sitting there on CNN – attacking Donald Trump for not going to Vietnam, calling him a draft dodger, when CNN spent eight years during the Bill Clinton administration making excuses for Bill Clinton, who didn't go to Vietnam and was a draft dodger, that Bernie Sanders refused to go when Joe Biden got a deferment and refused to go. I think Clinton also, um, didn't he protest in a foreign country against the United States? He did. He went to the Soviet Union. He went to Europe and he protested America. So, listen, they're right about Donald Trump, but why is it only wrong when Donald Trump does it? Why is it only wrong when Donald Trump does it? And so, going back to the Lindsey Graham thing back during Clinton impeachment, they show clips of Lindsey Graham saying that Donald Trump should be impeached because he obstructed justice. What they don't tell you is Jerry Nadler was on the other side, too, saying even if he did obstruct justice, it's not a, it's not a grounds for impeachment, which is in direct contradiction to what he's saying today. They're only showing one side, but they're masters at it because even me... Watching it, sometimes they get me. Sometimes I'm watching, I'm going, yeah, you know what? They might have a point on that one. And doesn't Fox News show Joe Biden back in those days saying that uh, Clinton should be impeached or, or something like they that? They do, but, yeah. but, but they also call out their own. Like the yeah. difference between Fox – I don't like Fox. I, don't, I hate being in a position to defend Fox. Uh, Tucker Carlson I really think is like the only great guy there. Uh, and Brett Baer is pretty good. But for the, rest, for the rest of them, they're all horrible. I like Britt Hume. I like uh, Laura Ingram. I, 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 you Laura, like Laura Ingram was way better on radio. I don't like. She is great on. Radio. I don't like the opinion shows. Yeah. I don't like Hannity. I, don't, yeah. I agree with him ninety nine percent of the time, but I hate being preached right. at. I hate Judge Janine. I'm sick of her screaming all the time. I hate Levin for the same reason. Stop screaming at me. All right, stop screaming at me. Talk to me like a grown up. Um, and and I don't like most of them. But but here's the thing with Fox though. They are at least more fair. They at least do call out. They did call out Donald Trump when he said that I don't like POWs because they were captured. They did call him out on that. They did call him out on going to a foreign country and attacking Joe Biden. They did. There were several opinion hosts and news people who shouldn't be giving any opinion at all on Fox. They called him out on that. 
But you never see that on the other side. You mm. never, ever see no. that on the other side. And so I'm watching all of this. This Donald Trump is a draft dodger, and he's horrible. And I'm waiting for just one person to go, yeah, well, what about Joe Biden? Because he's actually running for president right now. Like, this isn't like, you know, Bill Clinton, okay, he was president, and he's yesterday's news. Joe Biden's running right now. How about that? He got a deferment and didn't go. I'm willing to give the devil their due. I'm willing to say you're right. Donald Trump should have gone to Vietnam. He should have found a way to go. His country needed him. He should have gone. I don't care you're a millionaire. I don't care you get orange hair. I don't care that you found a way to get around it. You should have gone. On the other hand, so should the rest of them. And if you're going to call out one, you call out all of them. But the media doesn't really seem to even care that Donald Trump drafted the Dodge, dodged the draft. It's not really a big issue for them because they spent 12 years defending every Democrat that dodged the draft. It's all a saying it was patriotic. New York Times ran a story saying Bill Clinton was patriotic by not going. That's that's a good point. Yeah, right? I mean, and that that's basically probably the um, the philosophy of, of of you know the liberal set. Right. Why don't they just be honest about that? Right. Yeah. We have ten minutes left. Do you have right. a, a topic, Paul? I mean, they should they should just say that we're, we're proud of Donald Trump for for dodging that draft because well, it was yeah, a terrible. Right. Law. Right. Be yeah. honest about it and yeah. and say the same thing you said under, under Bill Clinton. Come out and go. Uh, who's that idiot, uh, Jim Shuto, who used to work for Obama, who pretends that he's a news I guy? I would respect that a lot more. I, I totally would respect it. I yeah. would. I would respect it. <clears throat> Just like if Elizabeth Warren does the right thing, I'll respect her, and I'll give her respect, and I'll show her respect in the pages of my newspaper. She just won't do it. Um, and speaking of, do you have any, any, any topics, Paul? No, just uh, apparently Elizabeth Warren is um, chipping away at uh, Bernie Sanders. Yes, she is. In, uh, in terms of uh, numbers. Go Bernie. Uh, so I don't I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's it's a long time off. Anything can happen. Right. But what do you think about Iowa and New Hampshire at this point? I don't think we can make any predictions. If you remember four years ago, mm. um, Jeb Bush was the anointed one. No one yes. was going to beat Jeb Bush. And then it was Rubio. Nobody was going to beat Rubio. And it turned out to be none of them. And I think when Obama ran, nobody thought Obama even had a shot. Hillary Clinton was the heir well, apparent. Do you think that there's a, losing. a dark horse in the Democrats that will rise because of something that's needed in that mentality, in that, in that Democratic mindset right now? I don't, because the base of the Democrat Party, the Democrat mm. Party primary voters, are left-wing anti-American lunatics. But is, so is there a hero for the anti-American left lunatic right now? No, because they all, they all have the exact same position on everything. Mm. There's no difference between Amy Globuchar and Elizabeth Warren. There's no difference between the blonde woman whose name I can't remember and Joe Biden. There's really, there's literally no difference between Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. Every single one of them, except for Tulsi Gabbard so far, is walking in a straight line and they're, and they're, and they're carrying the water for the left wing of their primary voters. And Tulsi Gabbard only steps out of line a little bit. Like, you know, I'm giving her a lot more credit than she probably deserves, but she is stepping out of line. And she's not going along with the insiders on some issues. And she is also, with her style, she's not calling Donald Trump a Nazi. She's not calling Donald Trump a hater. She is addressing the issues, which is very smart. Because there's a lot of -of middle-of-the-road Democrats out there who may show up in this primary because of Donald Trump. And a lot of them are not looking for Donald Trump's a Nazi, Donald Trump kicks puppies. They want to know, what are you going to do for me? Because let's face it, we are in a narcissistic culture created by the Democrats, so they should know it by now. And the, and, and the Democrat voters, for the most part, don't want to hear about Donald Trump. They want to hear about themselves. What are you going to do for my kid in public schools? Are you going to fix my roads and my bridges? Are you going to fix the health care system for my family? Are you going to raise taxes or lower taxes for my family? That's what they care about. I believe that's what they care about, except for the left-wing lunatics. Gillibrand. Yes, yes, Gillibrand. Uh, what's Gil- her first name? Gillibrand. I don't know. Uh, something Gillibrand. She, she went on the Fox News thing, and she just screamed for an hour. Like, she screeched. And she reminded me of, like, remember the, uh, we all have, like, that, that one aunt at, at Christmas time that shows yeah. up, and all she does is she screeches the whole time and lectures you about stuff. That just, she reminds me of, like, my, my, she reminds me of, like, I hate to say it out loud because I got family, but. <laughs> Can't say it? She reminds me of like a, a typical stepmother. All she okay. does, all she does, is lecture and screech and, and drink sherry. And drink <laughs> sherry, right? Yeah, but everything. Kristen, Kristen, Kristen Gillibrand. Yeah. She's the perfect candidate for Don Lemon because everything mm. is freak factor Ted. No matter what topic you're talking about, she's screeching at the top of her lungs about it. It's the worst thing in the world. It's an existential threat. As soon as I hear the word existential, I just stop. I stop well, there's laughing. so many, so many candidates right now. How many are there? About twenty. Twenty-four. I think. Twenty-four. At last there's count. so many. If you don't scream. 
if you don't have something that, that makes you stand out, what, what do you got? Right. Especially if you're not uh, one of the names, the and big the, names. And the minute that shooting happened in Virginia, they all rushed to the cameras to talk about gun control. And here's something that's interesting that most people don't know. You can Google this. It's actually on my Facebook page. Did you know that the shooter in Virginia who shot up, I don't know, like a DPW yard or something? I was there. Was a, You were there? I was in Virginia Beach pictures for when us? that happened, but oh, I, was, I was a few miles away. He's a black liberal Obama supporter. You don't hear that. Propaganda has a lot more to do with what they don't tell you than it does mm. with what they do tell you. That's true. And what's funny is that when Dylan Roof shot up a black church and he was a white supremacist, his picture was on every five minutes on CNN. Every, there was, they, they even had a little thing during the commercial so you could see what he looked like. <laughs> they did. Like, I'm watching a commercial. Like, it's, it's a Toyota commercial. Down the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little picture of Dylan Roof, a little white guy. I'm like, wait a minute. How is that fair? Right? But this guy was a uh, liberal Democrat, black Obama supporter, yeah. and not one word of any of that on CNN, and they never once showed the picture. But, Tom, but, but Paul, mm. they're only doing it. Because they're sick and tired of glorifying these shooters. Until the next guy. Oh, is that right? Until the next guy who's white. <laughs> then there'll be a little picture in the bottom during the Toyota commercial oh, again. Oh, too much. So as soon as it happened, all the Democrats start rushing for our guns again. Which is just bizarre that you would want to take guns away from law-abiding citizens because a few people misuse them. And what's really even more bizarre is that people like Elizabeth Warren claim to care about children claim to care about the poor and the downtrodden, and yet she's exploiting the deaths of children. She's exploiting the deaths, the murders of these family members for her own political gain, and their bodies hadn't even been dragged out of the building yet. Like, the, 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 the shooting was, om- it was over, but they still hadn't pulled the bodies out. They still haven't notified the families as to who died and who didn't die. And Elizabeth Warren's all over Twitter talking about taking our guns. And this is why we have to take our guns. Here's what I want to know. I want to know why the Democrats want more mass shootings. That's what I want to know. Because if you disarm the population, criminals aren't going to turn in their guns and you'll have more mass shootings. Because there'll be nobody to shoot back. You'll you'll also notice that you never see any of these mass shootings in Alabama. Ever notice that? Hmm. Like, I can't think of, like, maybe there's been one, but I can't think of too many mass shootings in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Because in Alabama, everybody carries. When was the last time there was a mass shooting in New Hampshire? It's an open carry state. You walk into a movie theater, you walk into a school building, you walk into the post office, you walk into a Cumberland Farms. Nobody's shooting anybody. You know why? Because every other person in that building has a friggin' gun. So what I want to know is, and I'm going to ask Bob Losey on the next show on Political TNT, which we're going to be taping very shortly, I want to know why the Democrats want more mass shootings. That's what I want to know. There's got to be a reason. It's too bad one of the... uh one of the uh, and I want an honest answer. I just want an honest answer. Just be yeah. honest with me. Why do you guys want more mass shootings? You need to go to one of these town hall meetings. Stand up and ask them that exact question with those words. Listen, I got I got news for you. Even the mm. Fox town hall meetings are all scripted. My questions would never get answered. If Elizabeth Warren decided to do a town hall on CNN or any I, other channel, th- they would never take my question about daybreak home shelter. Is, they would never take the question. They would never give me airtime. Ever even do. Fox would never and do I'm, it. And I'm sure you've you've uh, thought about this. Go with one of your own cameramen. Go to one of these town hall meetings in New Hampshire that, uh, that are, aren't televised, uh, that are very spontaneous. There are a lot of those. And ask that question. I, have it on, have I, it on video and put it up. I, I plan to, as I did four years ago. I interviewed Chris Christie. We interviewed a lot of them, right? The only one who actually wouldn't talk to us was Bernie. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan to. However, even these town halls that you say are spontaneous mm. are not spontaneous. The advanced people for the campaign screen out the questions. You have to submit your question in advance. They screen out the questions, and the campaign decides. Not the moderators, not the sponsors. The campaign decides what questions get asked and what questions don't get asked. And you can tell just by watching any of the, any of the Fox uh, uh, town halls. People get up, and, they st- and they're asking questions of these Democrats that are, like, right in their wheelhouse. And, by the way, Eric Swalwell did one. The woman asked a question... And he pulled out, uh, 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 I don't know what he had in his hand, a bullet or a shell casing in his pocket to answer the guy's question. Now, how did he know that question was going to get asked to have that bullet, really? uh, to have that thing in his pocket? I think it was a shell casing. It might have might, been something else. But he pulled out a little trinket to answer mm-hmm. the guy's question. So he knew the question was going to get asked in advance mm-hmm. because his people 
with in their cooperation well, with Fox in their negotiations in order to get these things going. His people have to screen the questions and approve the questions. Now, you're right. If it's on Fox, CNN, or any of these stations, uh, of course, they want to do it for the, the national audience. But you're saying even when it's not, yes. even when it's just a, a private right. coffee house in New Hampshire, right. no questions get asked right. unless they're pre-screened. Right. I'm not convinced of that. All right. Well, we'll but see. You might be right. but I asked Elizabeth Warren when she was running for Senate against mm-hmm. Scott Brown. Yeah. I said, you keep saying Scott Brown hates women, and he's for abortion and you're for abortion, so how does that work? And she went on and on. Scott Brown voted against Elena Kagan. Remember this? I played oh, this yeah. on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. voted against Elena you, you Kagan. He did, did a good uh, uh, voice impression, too. Yeah. He voted against Elena yeah. Kagan. And she's pro-choice. Pro, pro, uh, and, and he voted against her. So she's against women. He's against women. And I said, okay, so if you got in and you became a senator... And President, a President Romney appointed a right-wing Tea Party judge who was for abortion. You'd have to vote yes, so you'd be anti-woman, right? Humana, 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 humana. That's not the issue. No, actually, that is the issue. That's the question I asked you. And I did ask her that. And he voted no. And he voted no. <laughs> he voted no. Unbelievable. <laughs> Listen, they're all phonies, folks. Both parties. They're, they're all phonies. All of them. And it's up to you to, to, to sift through what's real and what's not real. I look at it as my job to try and let you know who's more real than the rest. I like Tulsi Gabbard. Send me an email if you like somebody else in the Democrat Party you think is more real. Paul, final words. Tell people where they can reach you. PaulMorano.com, beneath the surface. All right. uh, Political TNT, uh, five minutes. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.